thank you for joining us for another Kingdom Conversation with Pastor Dominic Butler of Gold Street Garden Church. We are extremely grateful to serve Christ alongside so many wonderful people in this crucial hour. All over the world, God is moving in profound ways through surrendered hearts. We've designed these conversations to illuminate what God is doing and speaking in various regions, because as we gleam and learn from one another, we become more equipped for every good work. The body of Christ is full of precious gifts and callings that manifest in unique and dynamic ways. And because of this, we are so excited for today's conversation as we learn more about the most beautiful one, Jesus. These Kingdom Conversation live streams are a part of Gold Street Garden Church, located in the Palm Harbor, Clearwater, Florida area. For more details, go to goldstreetgarden.com and follow us on social media for all of the freshest content. Enjoy this wonderful time in the presence of God as we talk about the King and His Kingdom. Good evening, everybody. Hey, as soon as you jump on, if you can uh, share this with uh, friends and family, co-workers, uh, as we always say, the more that you love, share, interact, it creates more traction for us. And it's such a blessing. Uh, we're having such an impact around the country and the world um, for just being a, a local church that's just growing in the community because of social media and the presence that you have helped us to have or, or be able or being able to reach more and more people. And it's so phenomenal because this is the hour that we really need to take advantage of the platforms that we have because we don't know how long we'll have them um, the way that the world is going. So we want to take advantage of them while we have them using them for the kingdom because whatever the enemy is trying to whatever platforms the enemy is trying to use for evil, God will use it for good for those that are going after the things of God. So, so much has happened the past few days. So hi, Karen, Eric, great to have you with us as well. And I see Bob's watching, Diane, Sharon, uh, the Fernandez family, we love you so much. Uh, let us know that you're watching uh, with some emojis, maybe some hallelujahs, or uh, get your hands up in the, the comments, interact a little bit. Let me see. There's a pause out there. We love you all. Thank you so much for joining us this evening as we continue talking about Colossians. I just have a few announcements and some glorious testimonies. We had our Easter service last night celebrating the resurrection of Jesus. It was so powerful. Um, we've been doing outreaches for weeks now, and we actually were so blessed to see some of the people that we've been out hitting the community with. They came to service last night, experienced the power of God. We saw healings last night. We saw lives change forever. So uh, it's great to see more people jumping on now. Victoria, Bryce, great to see you all. Jesse and we just had ourselves a great night last night, had all the children in service so that way they could experience just the tangible passion of the church body worshiping Jesus in one accord. It was it was just such a special evening. So a couple announcements we have is April 17th through the 20th, we will be having uh, the Compassion Conference. I highly encourage you that if you are in the central Florida area, you have to come to this. And even if you live out of state, I would encourage you 
to even fly and be a part of this and just get a nice room right down the street from where we're at. And it's going to be amazing. We have Scott McNara from Jesus at the Door who will be with us Saturday morning and Sunday evening. And Saturday morning, he's going to give a seminar on his evangelism approach that the Holy Spirit's downloaded him. And then we're going to hit the streets with him the remainder of the day. And then Sunday night, we'll celebrate all the lives that were changed. And it's going to be awesome. And then we also have evangelist Joe Turnbull, Jeff Marabella, and Michael Dow, who is a dear friend of ours. And if you follow Gold Street Garden, you can see how great um, his impact is in our community. And Roy Fields, it's so good to have you on. I tell every, everybody has been asking when you're going to come back. So it's on me. I got to reach out to you. We got to get a date for you to come back and bless us so soon. We would be so honored to have you. And thank you for your kind words and your encouragement to us. You're such a blessing to the body of Christ. And what we have is that, uh, <laughs> thank you for that. Thank you for uh, that, that, that sparked in my heart when we were, at resurrection service, the Lord just began to minister to me about creation. So thank you. I We have this conference coming up, and I encourage you, be a part, come. And we also have Immerse Worship is going to be with us. It's going to be just a powerful time in the presence of the Lord. You're going to want to be a part of that. And then also we have Eric Gilmore coming back May 4th. And we're very excited to host him and his team. You're going to want to be a part of that as well. So, so many exciting things going on. Please uh, reach out if you need more details, but everything will be at the location where we're currently at, 455 Riviera Road, and that'll be Saturday through Tuesday, and the Eric Gilmore will be on our regular Tuesday night service. So without further ado, we're going to get into an expository continual study of Colossians tonight, but I wanted to share this testimony. Bob shared it last night, and I see that he's on. I just want to emphasize that when we did Outreach Saturday, we... We hit an apartment complex near the church, and it was about um, 15 of us, and we just canvassed a neighborhood with the love of Jesus. We, we, we had Russell Stover chocolate crosses to hand out to children, and we blessed parents with flyers for the resurrection service. And then when we were done, it was really impactful, and we, we prayed with a lot of people. All of us thought it went really great, but there was just a there was a part of me and a few others that were like, I think there's just one more thing we need to do. Have you ever been in that place before where you're like, things went really great, but something was just, God was saying more, more to our hearts. And I was like, maybe we go to a gas station and buy the church and just love on a couple more people. And then all of a sudden uh, we remembered that there were sports fields on the same road as the church. And we were like, well, it's a Saturday. Maybe there's some sports going on. So we went over to one of the parks, nothing there. So we were like, oh, well, that was a shot in the dark. But then the park at the end of the street, there was a huge flag football game going on. So it was like, you know, 70 plus people out on this field. And it was a, a flag football game. And we still had some chocolate crosses. And we get to the field. And soon as I stepped out of my vehicle, I knew that the Lord was going to grant us favor to actually preach the gospel to everyone there. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I just sensed in my heart that that was what was going to take place. So as soon as we get there, we all start praying. And everybody with us, it was Evan, it was uh, Will, it was uh, Bob and Mihai. We all are just praying. And then we get over to the field and 
we start asking the referees and the coaches if we might be able to bless the kids with a gift and just share briefly about inviting them to church. And all of a sudden, they were very on board with it, but we didn't have enough chocolate. So we're like, we're going to have to run to a store real quick or do something. And instead, we did send somebody to go to the store, but then out of uh, Evan happened to spot that one of the team's parents were doing a fundraiser to raise money for the football team, and they were selling chocolate. So we didn't have enough there, but the Lord had already given us a key, already given us a, an avenue of compassion to be able to minister. So I went over there and bought all the chocolate that they had. And I said, I want to bless every child here with the chocolate that you're trying to raise money for. We're just going to bless and bless you with it. So then we have everybody's attention because they're seeing a generous act and we gather everybody together at the end of the game. So all the children and all the parents come over to us and we, we bless them with all the chocolate and we say that we want to say a prayer over them. And then we ask them, if they don't have Jesus in their heart, but they want to know him, that it can start right here. And everyone prayed the prayer of salvation with us. And it's on our uh, Facebook page and Instagram. You can go watch everyone praying the prayer with us after this momentous act. And even when we were leaving, the parents are asking if we could pray with them again in the in the parking lot and all of that. It was so beautiful, repenting of sins, repenting of things going on, and we were able to just love on them. And then even a, 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 another detail was that Bob, who was with us, was going to minister at an orphanage the next day. And there was at when, when we gave away all the chocolate, we had 18 chocolates remaining. We had 18 left. And Bob, I handed Bob the box. I said, why don't you bless whoever you can tomorrow with these? I don't know if it's enough. And he opened the box and started tear up and said, there's 18 orphans that I'm going to be ministering to tomorrow. So God <laughs> took care of every detail. When, when you're just obedient, you don't know how everything's going to work out, but he is such a faithful God. So I wanted to share that testimony to get us started as we just go through the book of Colossians tonight. But I hope that that blesses you as much as it blessed me. And please go watch and share that video of that whole team, all the parents praying with us and us being able to bless them. It was awesome. So I'm going to take a sip of coffee and get going here. Hallelujah. So great seeing everybody again. Uh, we got April watch. April, we love you so much. Shelby. And then we also have Dave's watching. And this is going to be such a wonderful time. So last time we had Chris Garcia when we were doing this. And I also want to give a plug next Monday night. Um, Pastor Gio from Abide Church will be joining me for a live time about talking about ministering to the Lord. It's going to be a great time. Uh, I've recently developed a, a great friendship with him. We run with a lot of the same people and we finally connected and we're going to be building that relationship more. And I'm excited for that. He has a church in a little uh, south of Tampa, but just a great 
great lover of Jesus that we're excited to get more in contact with. So it's exciting. It's exciting. So Misael, what's up, brother? It's so good having you in town over the weekend. We love you so much. So let's do this. We have, um, we were at chapter two and Chris Garcia was the last time we were here. So we ended halfway through chapter two and I'll just read the last two verses we got to to get us where we're at but we were mainly talking about when you're reading through chapter two it's a lot about dealing with legalism and how dangerous legalism is and to sum up which what legalism is for everybody know it's just when you base your whole spiritual walk with the lord based off what you can do and acts of religion and outward acts God is so big on working on your heart, not the things, because the, the problem with the external realm engaging your spiritual maturity on the natural external realm is that whenever you can measure your spirituality by natural means, it's something you can boast in. It's something you can find confidence in. And any anything you find confidence in in your spiritual walk other than Jesus is an idol. That Jesus has to be the foundation to your spiritual maturity and your walk with him. We don't realize how the enemy tempts us so quick to become self-reliant on mechanisms of religion or works of religion or uh, even down to anything anything that just because somebody's more expressive in worship that means their relationship with god is greater than mine or things like whenever you get into a comparing based off the external realm you're in danger of idolatry and you you want to protect that and that's what paul's addressing here because there were so many people that he was speaking to in colossi that were getting caught up in mysticism and gnosticism and asceticism and they're getting caught up in these spiritual teachings that they're saying that there's more to Christ than just himself, that you still need to do all these things and you still need to participate in these sacraments and these sacraments and people are just getting caught up in everything but Jesus. This is why at Gold Street Garden and people that I love and I uh, follow that are, have ministries, I want to hear people talk about Jesus intimately loving on him that has to be the framework for any for any work of God that is going to last for eternity Jesus must be the foundation he must be the substance he must be everything amen so verse 14 of colossians chapter 2 says this that well, actually we'll go to 13 so it says, and you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him. So the only way you're alive is with him. He is what brings you to life. And then having forgiven you all your trespasses, how many people are thankful that we are forgiven? You know, we can never take that for granted, that we are forgiven of every trespass that we have that that Christ on the cross when he said it is finished stop trying to add to a finished work allow the finished work to begin its work in you 
Let the finished work begin its work in you by yielding to what he says that he has done so that way you can do what he's called you to do. When you yield to what he says he has done, you will begin to do what he's called you to do. I feel like I got to say that a couple of times. When you yield to what he says he has done, you will begin to do what he's called you to do. When you yield to what he says he has done, you will begin to do what he's called you to do. I just sense the anointing on that right now. God is setting people free right now, understanding. You know, we just celebrated the resurrection of Jesus this past weekend as a body, but please celebrate the resurrection of Jesus every day because if we base his resurrection on one day, we'll live we'll live far be below the standard of freedom that he has set for every day. Don't be a CEO Christian. Don't be a Christmas and Easter only. Be an every day. Be a 24-7 altar for the fire of God to just burn you for the pure to be the pure bride that he's called you to be. Hallelujah. So forgiven trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was the law, which was contrary to us. He has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. This doesn't mean that the law is not important. It actually, his him going to the cross actually shows how important the law is. Because if the law wasn't important, he wouldn't have to pay such a price to get us to be able to walk in it. You see, the law before the cross was manifested and that it was a lofty standard that can never be fulfilled. But now the cross doing its work in us actually enables us to be able to walk in it, not by trying to attain it, but by literally yielding to the the work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. I, I feel like I want I, people should be commenting a little bit more right now because I'm, I'm not trying to engage. I'm just saying that the Holy Spirit is really ministering. So please engage with, because you, you don't realize that when you act on the word of God, when something triggers you in your heart and you say, amen to that, or you immediately reply or respond, it actually does something in your heart and mind and creates a synergy of response to the power of God and the response of God in in the uh, work of God in your life. So as we keep reading, it says, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them in it. So he made a public spectacle of the enemy. I love that. That it says that we're more than a conquerors in Romans 8:37 for a reason because being more than a conqueror doesn't only mean you win, it means you rub the enemy's face in it. That you are more than a conqueror. Hallelujah. I I even have heard some ministers say this. It's like when if I, I you know, I just recently purchased a new vehicle cuz my my vehicle earlier in the year I I was actually rear-ended by a uh, intoxicated driver and all everything worked out i'm completely healed i had a little bit of a back thing and been able by the holy spirit and through prayer and the proper resting i've i'm I'm back and even uh blessed with a new vehicle because of how everything turned out and my new vehicle my wife actually has complete access to that vehicle. It's our family vehicle now. It was a vehicle that I needed, but now she has access. So that makes her more than a conqueror because I conquered 
got a new vehicle, but she's more than a conqueror because she didn't, she's actually be, is able to just have full access to it. And it was something there that because we're the bride of Christ, he conquered death and we're more than conquerors because he conquered death for us. And we can join in that relationship because he's the one that got the victory and we get to enjoy that. So verse 16 let no one judge you in food or drink regarding a festival or a new moon or Sabbath. So this is where it's breaking more down about the legalism side of things. And I really want us to pay attention here because Paul's really addressing that, you know, the feast were a huge deal in Jewish culture. And it still is today. And I, I really encourage everybody, uh, if you've been around culture, you know that um, I've actually taught on the feast at um, an extensive time. You can go through our archive and find that I love talking about the feast, that the seven feasts that we, that Jewish history that you find in the Old Testament that are all foreshadows of who Christ is. They all reveal who Christ is. But what happens is that when you get into asceticism, Gnosticism, and mysticism, and all these different things, they they elevate acts, sacraments to be the spiritual height of knowledge and the 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 greatest maturing things. When Paul is trying to say, don't let anybody judge you regarding the seasons or regarding what food you choose to eat or not to eat he said don't he said your relationship is built on the framework of christ alone and anybody that wants more of god i want you to know that more of god is only found through the pursuit of relationship with jesus so i know that seems so simple but have you ever heard people say, I want more of God? More of God is only discovered through the avenue of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through me. So if you want to know God more, you can't know God more through any other person than Jesus Christ. So if you want to know God more. You need to become more, as Paul said in Philippians 3, I want to become more acquainted with his sufferings. I want to know him. I want to know the resurrection. I want to know Jesus because Paul tapped into the secret that if I can know Jesus, then I can know more of God. Because what is what does Paul continually say in the book of Colossians? He actually said, that in verse 9 of chapter 2, that for in him, Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. The fullness of God rests and dwells in Jesus Christ, the man, the God, that when we want to know God, we need to pursue Jesus. And who magnifies Jesus more than anyone, the Holy Spirit. That's why the Trinity, the Godhead works so perfectly because God says, look at my son. And Jesus says, look at my dad. And the Holy Spirit says, look at Jesus. And Jesus says, look at the Holy Spirit. He'll reveal me and he'll glorify the Father. They all are just loving and magnifying one another. There's no struggle for power. There's no power struggle with the Godhead, and they're inviting us into this love fest of glory that we can be placed in it and experience it in its fullness. Amen. Isn't that so beautiful? So beautiful. So 
as we continue to read verse 17, it says, those festivals are a shadow of things to come, but the substance is Christ. Can you put in the comments tonight, YouTube or Facebook? The substance is Christ. Colossians 2.17, the substance is Christ. So when people are trying to find God through sacraments and through outward acts, that these are foreshadows, these are types and shadows, but the substance is Christ. When we sense the anointing in a in a meeting or in the secret place, it is the presence of Jesus being manifested in a realm. He is the glory of God. Jesus is the glory of God manifested. His person now is the manifestation of heaven in the natural realm. When we say, when we pray heaven on earth, we're praying for Jesus's presence to manifest in our midst. And when his presence manifests, there is healing, there is breakthrough, there is guidance from the Father in all of our arenas. So as we continue to read, verse 18 says, let no one cheat you of your reward. Now, this is big. This is a warning from the Apostle Paul. Let no one cheat you of your reward. We have to understand that the Bible is full of warnings for a reason. You see, God doesn't put a warning God doesn't give subtle warnings. God does not give subtle warnings. Like it's not a suggestion, a suggestional warning. Like don't do that because it might not be good. God just says, don't do that. He says, let no one cheat you of your reward. Do you know what your reward is? Well, Hebrews 11, 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him for all that come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Well, in Genesis 15, we find God telling Abraham what the reward is. He says, Abraham, this is before he's Abraham. He says, Abram, I am your shield and your exceedingly great reward that God, there is no greater reward God can give you than himself. The greatest reward is him. And when you finally realize who he is, settling for anything less than him is the, it's the greatest deception. It is the greatest injustice to settle for anything less than than God being your reward. If God, if you don't make up the decision in your heart that God is your reward, you will never run the race of this life effectively with the endurance that is needed. When he is the reward, you're able to run a race with great endurance. How could I ever finish this race? How could I not finish this race? when the finish line is your face? How could I ever quit this race when the finish line is the face of Jesus? Knowing that is what propels us. So let no one cheat you of your reward, taking delight in false humility and worship of angels, intruding into those things which he has not seen, vainly puffed up by his fleshly mind. Anytime an angel visited someone in the Old Testament or the New Testament, 
that wasn't Jesus or wasn't God. You know, the first thing that angel did when those, when a man would bow to an angel, they would say, get up now because they didn't want to be worshiped because only one is worthy of worship. Jesus is the only one worthy of worship and glory and honor. And the enemy knows that. The enemy knows that God is worthy of worship. And that's why the enemy wants you to bow down to anything other than him because he wants to steal the glory that is due to him. He, Because if you worship anything other than God, you're worshiping Satan. You don't have to be a Satanist to worship Satan. If you worship anything other than God, the glory goes to Satan. That's why the path to destruction is broad, but the road to him is narrow because there's only one way to God, and it's through Jesus. Broad is the road to destruction because worshiping anything other than Jesus, this is why it's so important that we are very confident as believers in who we believe in. This is why Paul is making a case. There's not multiple ways to heaven. There's not multiple works to heaven. There's one work that was done to get to heaven, and that was the work on the cross and the resurrection, and we yield and believe and surrender to that work and allow it to work in our hearts to begin a manifestation of his will on this earth and planet. Amen. And yes, Karen, it is so true. The reason the enemy is so good at luring others to worship him is because he was a worship leader in heaven. He was the worship leader of heaven. So he is very talented when it comes to luring people into worship, but only one is worthy of worship. Amen. So Nick Morris, it's so good to see you, brother. If you're listening, just know how much we love you. And Matt, great to see you. Oh, Tim, Pastor Tim from Maryland, we love you. It's so good to see you. It's awesome seeing the work getting done up in Maryland. We should have you on one night because Maryland's my home home state. So it would be awesome to hear what's going on up there, what God's doing. So also, uh, Pastor Tim, if you're watching, I, you got to get hooked up with my dear friend up there, Pastor Tony Carpenter with the River Church of Baltimore. You guys got to connect somehow. He's amazing. You would love him so much if you haven't already met him. So we have uh, let no one cheat you, taking delight in false humility. So no worshiping of angels. And then in verse 19, and not holding fast to the head who is Christ, from whom all the body nourished and knit together by joints, ligaments, grows with the increase that is from God. You see, a dysfunctional body is somebody that is paralyzed from the neck down. That is what the body of Christ seems to be at some times because Christ is our head, but his body is choosing not to obey, choosing not to submit. So it's a, it's a paralyzed body when we don't submit to the headship of Christ. We don't submit to the, the work of Christ, the, the life of Christ. When we all magnify Christ as the head, that's when 
the body of Christ begins to work properly, the hands of God, the organs of God, the body begin to work when we truly acknowledge Jesus as the head. And we're not looking to other things, other mechanisms, but we're truly surrendered unto him. So then it says, 20. Therefore, if you died with Christ from the basic principles of the world, why as though living in the world do you subject yourselves to regulations? This is important that we get this in our hearts so deeply rooted that Christ, I have to do this daily and I'm letting you all know that soon as I feel overwhelmed in my mind, I take it as an immediate check that I've allowed my heart to drift away from adoring Jesus. That soon as my mind gets perplexed and I get a little stressed out, I, I don't allow that stress to take me into deeper realms of discouragement and deeper realms of possible depression. What I do is I respond to being overwhelmed or stress or anxiety as a sign, a checkpoint, a warning to immediately turn my affection back to Jesus. Because when he is being adored by my heart, when he is being loved purposefully and intentionally by me, everything else in my life emotionally, mentally, spiritually will line up. Because Jesus is the head of my foundation with God. So if I try to, Jesus is the foundation to my ship. Let's just say I'm in the water in a ship. If I am trying to save my boat from sinking by tossing things off or trying to patch things up, my I have to be convinced if Jesus is my boat, it's not sinking. Even if the storm's going crazy, if Jesus is the foundation, if he's the ark, if he's that, it can look like things are causing me to sink or going. But if I remember who my foundation is, I'll immediately stop giving attention to the things that seem to be taking me away from focusing on what's my foundation. Did you know what's what's so beautiful about the story with the prodigal son? A, a parallel I saw a long time ago is that in Ephesians 6, it tells us about the, the, the armor of God. And it says to put on the, the shoes of salvation. It says to put on the shoes of salvation. And what's so amazing about that is the prodigal son, when the father put a robe on him and a ring, it said it also, he also put sandals on his feet. New and put sandals on him. And I, I truly believe that the reason that the feet are are the 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 gospel of peace. That's what it says, put your shoes with the gospel of peace. And then he put the sandals on him because the gospel being the foundation, the message of Christ being what you walk on and what you stand on. And also, if you you know when somebody gets discouraged, what do they do? They usually look down or they look down on themselves, but God actually gives you 
shoes of the gospel of peace and he rewarded the prodigal son with sandals as a reward so every time he would get discouraged if he looked down he would immediately see his value he would immediately see the the message of the gospel is what's carried him and what is actually gives him a foundation to stand where he is standing so next time you get discouraged or overwhelmed that you surrender to Jesus. And even if you happen to look down for a moment, you're going to look down and remember that your shoes are the gospel of peace, that it's a gift from your father to remind you that you're standing on the firm foundation of Christ, even when everything's going crazy around you or there's discouragement or possible uh, temptation for depression. No, you have been given footwear of Christ which is funny with everything going on in current events. I don't even give attention to it. I just happen to see everybody's flipping out over Nike and different things, but I'm focused on Jesus and glorifying him. The world will glorify who they want to glorify, but we'll glorify him. And they're going to see Jesus manifested through the true lovers of Jesus. True lovers of Jesus aren't focused on the fake. They're focused on the real. They're focused on who the substance, who is the head, who is Jesus. So as you keep reading, it says, verse 21, do not touch, do not taste, do not handle, which all concerning, all concern things which perish with the using according to the commandments and doctrines of men. These things indeed have an appearance of wisdom and self-imposed religion, false humility, and neglect of the body, but are of no value against the indulgence of the flesh. This is so powerful. Something that is so dangerous is the appearance of wisdom, the appearance of godliness, the appearance of spirituality through works, but no relationship. One of the things I highly encourage everybody to listen to the message from last night, it was called Brace Yourself for Our Resurrection Service. But if I had to sum up our whole service in one statement it was this statement i made that many people are many people are looking for a god they can understand instead of a god they can know and people get so stopgapped and they trip over things and get frustrated because they are looking for a God they can understand instead of a God they can know. And I gave the example of my wife. I didn't marry my wife because I understand everything about her. I married her because I love knowing her. I love learning about her. I love investing time with her. And I know married couples and anybody that's been in a relationship can understand. You don't understand everything about somebody you're in a relationship with because that would be based completely on logic and reason. It's based on the heart and the desire to understand feeds the mind, but the desire to know feeds the heart. The pursuit of God is in knowing him, not understanding him, because understanding an infinite, omnipresent God is not feasible for the natural mind. 
he's given us the Holy Spirit to teach us who he is, to reveal who he is. And whenever there's tragedy in the world, the world likes to try to, you know, bring a pious figure, a so-called Christian figure. Why would this happen? Why would God allow this would usually be the question that's asked. And what the answer is, is usually like this. It's usually these two statements. You've heard them all before. God works in mysterious ways. We just don't know. Or everything happens for a reason. And both of those statements come from a place of trying to understand God instead of endeavoring to know him. And the reason tragedy takes place in this world isn't because every, because God works in mysterious ways. The reason tragedy happens in this world is because there is an enemy running rampant and the world is yielded completely to the enemy and his plans. And what the enemy is meant for evil, God will turn into good. But Romans 8, 28 tells us that all things work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose in Christ Jesus. You see, everything doesn't work out good for people in general, it works out good for those that are called according to his purpose and that love God. You see, it's there's conditions. God's love is unconditional, but his promises have conditions. Do you hear that? This is important because this is where people miss it. They give out blanket statements that appear wise, that appear to be pious or spiritual, but they actually come from a place of trying to get people to understand God instead of giving people opportunities to know him. This is where a huge shift has taken place in my heart that when crazy things happen in my life, I know that God is a good father and I know that there's an enemy that's evil out there. And when things are in my life that are causing great turmoil, I tap into intimacy with God to find out how he is going to bring me through and to reveal how I need to combat the enemy in my life and how I can experience him in a fresh new way. Because any trial or any just conundrum in life is an opportunity to know Jesus deeper and more intimately. Paul showed us that in Philippians. He writes Philippians from a jail cell and says, rejoice. Again, I say rejoice. He says, I've learned to be content in all things. I've learned to be with and learned to be without. But Christ is everything. That Paul said that the presence of God can turn a jail cell into heaven. That the presence of God can turn any situation you're in right now into a glorious encounter with Jesus, that if you learn to focus on him, if you learn to focus on him, then Jesus, Jesus can be glorified. Mm. I just sense the presence of God right now. When you talk about Jesus, heaven shows up. You know why? Because the Bible says, Jesus said, when you pray, pray that your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Well, what's happening in heaven right now? They're worshiping Jesus. The angels are worshiping Jesus. So if we want heaven to come to earth, we need to mirror what heaven's doing. 
heaven's worshiping the Lamb of God. Let's worship Him right now, wherever you're at right now. Jesus, we glorify you. We worship you. Jesus. Mm. There's nothing like loving Jesus. Trying to reach God the Father outside of a relationship with Jesus is idolatry. It's deception at its highest level. That the affection and attention given to Jesus is how you experience the agape love of the Father. Jesus, we love you. What a beautiful time studying the word of God this evening. We finished Colossians chapter two, so we have two more chapters to go, and it's only taken us five nights to get to this point. So chapter three is a doozy, and I'm so excited. So we're gonna continue this thread in the coming weeks. This is an exciting month. I was telling everybody, we got the conference and then Eric Gilmore's coming at the, the very beginning of May. We're also going to announce a water baptism date coming up that we're going to go to the beach and celebrate Jesus together and water baptize at the beach. It's going to be wonderful. I want to remind everybody that we're doing huge, we're going to be doing some major outreaches coming up. I actually just got a text that we might have a very special guest with us this Saturday when we hit the streets, which is exciting. So you might really want to be with us this Saturday. It's going to be awesome. But I want to remind everybody, this hat that I'm wearing, if you're listening on uh, the podcast at a later time or watching the rerun, I have a hat on right now. It's got the, it's black on black. It's the Gold Street Garden logo that we're, uh, we're, we're really trying to ramp up uh, some of our street evangelism representing. We got these new outreach t-shirts. It's got the the updated Gold Street Garden logo on the front. It's a pocket tee, so you can even stick things in there. And then in the back, it's got a quote that the Lord gave me during one of our recent series. The gospel is God's unwavering refusal to give up on you. So if you are interested in those, please meet us at a service and the shirts are $25 and the hats are 30 and all the proceeds go towards our outreaches and uh, building more for that. So we would love for you to be able to represent and say you live out of state, but you're interested in one of them, DM the church and we'll find a way because we don't have an online store yet. 
but we're getting it set up. But if you, you're a faithful watcher and you love watching us, we would love to um, find a way to get that to you so you can represent. And then finally, if you want to sow into Gold Street Garden, we're believing for our own facilities. We're believing God to be able to do things on a more colossal level to spread the gospel of Jesus, be able to do more and more in our community with the resources that are available. So if you desire to sow into Gold Street Garden, you can text GSG to 727-351-6160. We also have Cash App or Venmo. And we just are so thankful for all of our faithful partners and people that continue to sow into the gospel, it is phenomenal to see what God is continuing to do. So we love you all so much. I want to end in prayer. Before I do, is there anybody that has a pressing prayer request that they would like all of us to get in agreement with? Post it quickly and we will pray over those requests as we close out here on this beautiful evening see us tomorrow night it it feels it's so awesome because we just had a service last night and then we're going to all join together for our main event tomorrow evening it's going to be phenomenal the lord is stirring some things up in my heart that are going to be so special as god manifests himself in our midst tomorrow so is there's any prayer requests just put them in there that's right matt it is pretty sharp, pretty sharp indeed. So Diane just said, we're going to pray for her mother, Rosalind. Absolutely. How many people believe there's power in prayer? There's so much power in prayer. The whole Bible is a prayer. It's a conversation with God that he's having with us. Revelation is just an invitation into heaven's conversation. Resolution on Wednesday. Hallelujah. Well, let's end with prayer. If you're listening uh, from podcast, you're like, why is he delaying so much? I'm, I'm reading the prayer request, so thank you for bearing with me. <laughs> So uh, let's end in a word of prayer. We love you all so much. Come see us tomorrow night. Father, we just thank you in the precious name of Jesus for this wonderful time we had together to just love on you tonight, to read your word, which reveals your son, Jesus. He is the word of God. So when we read the word and we tune our hearts and focus on him, as we put our eyes on scripture, it's like we're looking into the eyes of Jesus, allowing his eyes of fire to purify and pierce our inward heart, our inward man to bring in into a line with the perfect will of God. Father, I thank you that tonight that this word would remain captive in our heart and sharpen us and equip us for every good work of manifesting Jesus everywhere we go. Lord, I thank you for Rosalind. Right now, we lift her up in prayer, praying that she would experience the reality of your presence in a greater measure because the specific nature of whatever she is facing would be solved in a greater revelation of who you are. Every situation is fixed with a greater revelation of you. Every situation is settled 
with a greater revelation of you. Lord, we also lift up Matt's request of resolution on Wednesday. Lord, we just thank you for the clarity and the things that you are bringing forth to him, Lord. Lord, we worship you. We glorify you. We thank you for this special time together in your presence. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Oh, and real, we also, I saw Eric posted this. We got to pray right now for Aaron and believing for his liver to be recreated by the Lord right now. Let's get into agreement right now for Aaron's liver, that God, Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for Aaron. Lord, we thank you that that liver, that in heaven, that you have every member of our body, you have every body part, that there's body parts in heaven that you impart for the body parts that are not right here, that, Lord, we thank you for the great exchange, the spiritual divine transfer of a recreated liver, a miracle work right now, creative miracle in the precious name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And one of our leaders from Gold Street just posted that they hear in their heart that there's a word for sleeping disorders or nightmares. So I'm going to pray for that. But if that's you, please let us know because we want to show how awesome God is that he would call out something you're dealing with so that way you could get free from it. It brings glory to God. So we're going to pray for sleeping disorders or nightmares. But if that is you, let us know so we can glorify with the Lord that you're getting set free and victory is taking place tonight. Hallelujah. And we're going to pray for Jessica's dad's brain. This is awesome. We're, we're praying right now. This is beautiful. Father, I thank you. Anyone dealing with a sleeping disorder or fervent, consistent nightmares, we break it in the name of Jesus. And we thank you that right now, your word says in the Psalms that you give us sweet sleep. You give your beloved sweet sleep. And you give us dreams and visions, and we break the enemy's stronghold of giving dreams and, and nightmares. We thank you that people are going to get sweet sleep according to the word of God and the promise of God. And I also hear the Lord saying, there's things you need to stop watching if that's you, that you're allowing things into your eye gate that is giving the enemy extra handle on your sleep, and the, the framework of your dreams. So we thank you for that warning, Lord, and we also thank you for breaking that. And Lord, we lift up Jessica's father to you right now. We pray for the brain, that Lord, the brain, such a vital organ. Right now, we thank you that the Spirit of the Lord, who brings healing, healing to that brain, we thank you for the creative work, creative miracle work being done right now. Anything, any cell in the brain that is being rebellious, we call it to come into submission to the healing work of God in Jesus' precious name. Amen.
Wow, what a beautiful night. We love you all so much. Tomorrow, be with us in person, 455 Riviera Road, Palm Harbor. And if you can't be with us in person, watch online. And let's celebrate Jesus' resurrection until kingdom come and then for eternity. We love you all. God bless.